Yeah. And, and, you know, the funny thing about it is you don't think it's that bad until I left Florida. Yeah. And then that's when it that's when it hit me. Like, I felt like I was just like, you know, in a hostage situation. I'm finally getting out. What is up, guys? Jason here. Welcome back to the channel and our new series, Nurses to Riches, The Road to Fire. In our last episode, we had our first guest in the series, Lawrence. It's a great video, and if you want to watch it, make sure you go to our channel and check it out. But today, we have Hervé, and like we did with Lawrence, we're going to talk to Hervé about his nursing career, his finances, his net worth, and his future goals. So with that, Hervé, go ahead and introduce yourself and let us know what made you become a nurse and what state you currently live in. Hi, um, pleasure to be here. Um, so, uh, I'll start with, um, you know, I'm currently living in California, which is just um, where I'm at is in Fillmore, was just a little bit just outside of L.A. County. Um, so I'm commuting into, you know, one of the positions that I have here, but I also work a second position in another city, uh, which I'll get into a little bit detail later. Um, but, you know, one of the things that made me become a nurse is I, I got into nursing a little bit later down the line. Um, I graduated in uh, under um, psychology, followed a different path, was working in business for a little bit. Um, I just wasn't finding it fulfilling. Ended up going back to um, work in my valet job, uh, which I was making great money doing at the time. Um, but it just wasn't really getting me to where I needed to be in life. And I ended up going back like later down the line. I started in, uh, when I turned 31 and then, um, my uncle got me to go back into, uh, uh, you know, going to school and becoming a nurse. He was a taxi driver in New York, um, until the age of like 52 wow. and went back to nursing and, uh, <laughs> graduated and was, he just, ended up opening all these doors and possibilities that he never would have imagined. And he was just like, if I can do it, not even from this country at the age of like 51, you can do it too. And it's just like, inspiring. yeah, sure. science scared me. And then until I dived into it and I found out how interesting it was. That is pretty cool. So how long have you been a nurse? Uh, so I've been a nurse um, since 2000. I, I graduated in 2015. I got my first job started in January of 2016. Okay. Okay. So, um, what month did you pass your NCLEX? Do you remember? Yeah. So I was, um, you know, our school was pushing us to take the test as soon as possible. And, mm -hmm. and one of the things I try to tell the nurses is don't wait too long. That's I over prepped. I, I studied agree. everything I could possibly study yeah. and I didn't take, um, my test until like three months after. So I graduated in August and then I took my test, um, probably like maybe close to end of October. Oh. And then, um, you know, that basically just everything just started steamrolling from there. Yeah. So it took you about three months to land your first job. Then you said in January, you were able to find a job. Well, yeah, I found it. Yeah. It just about in January, I found my job. And then, so one of the things I had to do and, uh, you know, I had to learn the hard way is I had to market myself. I thought the job was just going to come to me and um, I was going the traditional route, which I'll never go again. It's like going through Indeed and, yeah. and you know, and we, we've all done it before because right. it's like that's what everybody else did. So you did it. 
until I got so hungry that I started going to every single like uh, nursing job fair. I started meeting with recruiters. I started calling recruiters. And uh, one thing that I would do is I would say that even though I didn't submit a resume, I was just like, could I talk to a recruiter? Because yeah. I sent in a resume. I wasn't sure if you saw it. If I built <laughs> a good relationship with them, they would be like, well, just go ahead and send it yeah. again. And I'll take a look. That Ooh. is a good tip right there. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to hustle. And then um, like within uh, two weeks, I got several job offers to like all the hospitals that I want. Yeah. You know, when I get new grads telling me they're having a hard time finding a job, I'm like, okay, but what did you do? And they said, well, I just applied and I applied and I applied. I'm like, okay, but what else did you do? There's more to it than just applying for a job. You know, yeah. you can continue applying your for, for years and still not get a job, but you really do have to put yourself out there sometimes in order to find a job. You know, so, exactly. And I remember when I was in nursing school, the thing that I did was I tried to make friends with all of my clinical instructors, my preceptors. Um, some of them were managers in the departments that I ended up applying to. And one of them, she actually worked. She was a manager within the hospital. Uh, so as soon as I passed my NCLEX, I sent her a text message because I had her phone number. And I asked her if she was looking for looking to hire anybody because I was looking for a job. And immediately she just asked me for my resume, forwarded it to the recruiting manager, and I got a job offer within that week. So it was That's that for me because, you know, you, you have to learn how to make connections, too. Um, and that that helps a lot. But the way you went about it, I think it's actually one of the smartest ways. <laughs> it's and, and for people who are introverted, it's going to be kind of hard, you know, because um, to, to put yourself out there like that, like that, it might feel kind of uncomfortable, but if you want to get a job, it's going to be one of the best ways to get a job. Yeah. And I definitely, I consider myself an introvert myself and I really had to push myself out of my comfort zone. And one of the ways that I did that is, um, you know, how when you're in class or you're in nursing school, nobody wants to be the person that stand up and give that answer or raise their hand. Um, so I just started being that person and it started like pushing me into the direction where I needed to go. So it, I, um, I ended up becoming nurse, uh, the president of the national nursing association, um, at that location or at my school. And then also ended up becoming the kind of like the class president, um, and then representing it, which is completely out of my nature. I don't like to speak up. I don't like to be the one to talk or be in the front of the class. And then like, as I just started pushing myself towards it, it just started kind of coming to me and then I just leaned into it. So you said you've been a nurse now since 2016, January, 2016. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Started and what, in um, South Florida. South Florida, out of all places. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and do you remember what your hourly rate was at the time? <laughs> my hourly rate was uh i think it was about 22 dollars an hour wow <laughs> um that was my base and for me you know i was working in valet um and i was yeah. making decent money so it was kind of like lateral if not a little bit more yeah. than i was making but it's just like you know at the same time it's like you go through all this schooling you go through all this work right and it's just yeah. like i just got that little you know that little yeah. bump it's kind um, of like dehumanizing if you think about it. You know, you went is. through all of the schooling, <laughs> thinking you would be earning a lot more for all of the work and 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 all the sacrifices you had to make to go through nursing school. Yeah, and and you know the funny thing about it is you don't think it's that bad until I left Florida, yeah. and then that's when it that's when it hit me like I felt like I was just like you know in a hostage situation. I'm finally getting out. <laughs> 
And then it's just like, I see what the real world is like. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny that you say that because when I worked in New York, which is a state or New York City, which is a city that pays half, if not less than half of what we currently make in California, I had a lot of coworkers that moved from Florida because they said they were making so little in Florida. You know, and I talk to my coworkers from New York City all the time. I'm like, if you thought Florida was bad, New York is also bad compared to California. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, the, and you then, know, New York is to California what Florida is to New York. <laughs> yeah. And, and it basically, and, um, and outside of that, it's not even, that doesn't even include the working conditions. Absolutely. And that's an entirely different aspect of it. I agree. And which department did you first land your job in? Um, so I started in uh, telemetry and then I'm still in telemetry now. And and, and one thing that I, I will also include is, is you know, telemetry, I, I would say it's well-rounded. I did have the opportunity to start in ICU, but I took some bad advice from, you know, some legacy nurses that are just like, oh, start, you, you don't want to start there. Start, you know, here and get your experience. Then move. I, I, I tell nurses all the time, whatever you can start in, if it's yeah. if it's elevated, if you feel like it's advanced practice, if they have a training program, do it because it's just like you know you could always go down. You want to go true. down to telemetry, to it's harder to go up. That's true. You're right. Did you ever consider becoming a CRNA? Is that why you said you made a mistake by not going to the ICU? Um, I did consider it at one time, um, but actually, you know, I and and you touched on it in a previous interview that you did. Is now that I'm working in California, it's <laughs> it's it's getting like the appetite to necessarily yeah. advance the CRNA. It's becoming lower and lower. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so uh, can you tell me what you, you said you work in telemetry still, mm-hmm. and how much do you currently earn per hour? So um, it's a mixed bag because um, right now I'm working a travel assignment at the same time as I started my per diem. And, um, wow. you know, got into my per diem at, at Kaiser. I, I followed okay. all your steps and everything yep. like that, like word for word. And <laughs> um, I got the job. Um, That's all. Awesome. So at the, um, I was working at Stanford for about like three years. Um, I ended up heading the department there for a clinical advisory and triage. That was like one of my last legs of traveling. So I started in, of course, Florida, where my journey started, started making $22 an hour. Thought that's what it was. Um, my, uh, my girlfriend, uh, which is my wife now at the time, uh, we met while I was working in Florida at Disney World. And um, <laughs> yeah, I was valet parking at Disney World, worst outfits ever. Yeah, uh, and um, you know she she was with me on this journey the whole time. Um, she ended up moving to Washington, and um, I was still in my first year. Um, she, we met like while she was in a college program um, there, so she had to finish up her schooling. I finished mine. I was working, so I went to go um, travel out to Washington State, where she was staying with her family after graduating. Um, I did a travel assignment out there and this was my first year out of working. So like oh. I only worked a year and I went straight into travel nursing, which wow. a lot of people said is crazy. Yeah. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm from Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we had seven to one ratios there, um, telemetry. Oh, yeah. And then, so when I went out to Washington, um, it was a little bit different. We'd had, we had seven patients, but I was on an RN LPN team. And so I directed the LPN and um, we would oversee seven patients. 
They would take care of four. I would take care of three and I would give report on seven. That's so pretty cool. Yeah, it was very different. Um, so like, you know, as, I was, a, as a traveler, you're saying this is what you were able to do? Yeah, as a traveler. That's a pretty nice gig for a traveler. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting. And um, I, I went up to getting, uh, you know, a weekly um, that I was getting paid there was 1600 a week. Whereas my biweekly, uh, when I was working in Florida starting out, I was getting 1500 every two weeks. That, <laughs> what? So that is a huge difference. Just like that. Yeah. No, pay. Um, so like, you know, the one thing I, I, I liked Washington, a great group of people that I, I, um, I was working at Tacoma general there. Uh, one of the issues I had there was the weather. Uh, oh, it was a lot, very, of, a lot of rain. It, I thought people were exaggerating when they talk about <laughs> like the rain in Washington. I'm coming from Florida, so we have tropical storms and all that, but okay. it is a constant rain that just lasts for days and days. You don't see the sky. Um, I got there in January. I didn't see the sun until like May. For the oh first time. That sounds pretty depressing. It's depressing, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, um, you know, I, we lasted there for a few months. Then, um, you know, I got the bug to just try out California. Um, the challenge that I, and another thing I tell nurses is you got to start your paperwork early because that transition process was no joke. I jumped out there on a whim thinking it was just like, oh, okay, this is just going to happen. I made my money, you know, while I was working in um, Tacoma in Washington. And, um, you know, I was just like, you know, I could relax, you know, get a feel for the city and things like that. It took three months for my license to get approved. So I didn't work for those three months. Wow. Um, It was about like maybe two months or something. That's tough. But you were still having to pay rent at this time. All your bills were still coming in. Yeah, those are still coming in. Did you have any money saved at all? So all that nice chunk of change (laughs) that I had, (laughs) um, I I I ended up spending a lot on rent. It wasn't that bad, but I I ended up putting a little bit into real estate investment as well. Oh, cool. Um, so like you know, I just put it and let it sit. I went in a deal with like my dad and my brother, and then we just kind of put it in a couple thousand. So. It, it decreased the available, like, you know, income that I had as well. Yeah. So yeah. that kind of put me in a little bit of bind. But as soon as I started working again, I was perfectly fine. Okay. And and when you're talking about the application process, you're talking about to California, correct? Yes. So okay. um, going through the license approval process, um, filling out the forms, getting the, the FBI fingerprinting, which, yeah. um, you know, just to get an appointment for the printing, printing, printing it, was, it was a whole ordeal. So... Yeah. To speed up the process, I heard it's easier if you go into California, yes. do your fingerprinting there. And then so I just did that, you know, took a plane, a plane ticket um, while I was still, you know, um, transitioning from Washington. And then just try to get everything done as soon as I could possibly like, you know, so I could start working. Yeah, um, see, so, um, yeah. The one thing I tell everybody is um, if you're going to get a job in California, don't expect to be in a hurry. Yes. <laughs> if you're coming from another state, um, I did make a video talking about all of the steps that it took for us to move to California. And what we decided to do was just travel to California because we had never been here before. We took like two vacations just so we can get a feel for what all of the cities look like and what, you know, which one we would want to move to. And after we decided on um, one of the cities, we ended up in San Diego on a vacation and we just did our live fingerprint scan over there. Yeah, we submitted our application. Everything was submitted by the time we ha- we were on vacation, and within actually like 
I think it was like three weeks, we had everything approved. And part of that is because we came here to California to get our live scan done, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was just much, much simpler that way. But then you'd have to spend, you know, however amount of money for that plane ticket, the the hotel stay, the Airbnb, whatever the case may be. So it's going to cost you a little more if you do it that way. Yeah. And, and if I could do it all again, I'd still do it, um, yeah. you know, just because the end result, you know, it was what it was. Yeah. Um, so you so, said um, you ended up getting a job at Stanford as your first job in California? No, actually, I started in um, Southern California at first. Um, so I was working at a few different hospitals doing a travel assignment. Um, I got into registry. Um, my pay went up maybe a little bit more. I would say I was getting a little bit to the, I would say maybe 1800 a week is when I when I first got in into California, Southern California. Um but then the travel assignments kind of dried up at that period, which was like in 2017, at least in the Southern California where I was at, I underestimated the traffic. (laughs) So, you know, me thinking it's just like, oh, well, you know, we have this assignment that's 40 miles from here. That's, that's like, you know, that's 30 miles from here before, like, you know, I got here, I was just like, oh yeah, yeah, sure. Like, you know, I'll, I'll just go ahead and do that. Yeah. I was working 12 miles from where I was living. And it would take me an hour and a half <laughs> to get to work. <laughs> and then it just oh, put such man. a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, um, so I, I then ended up transitioning and doing a few travel assignments in Northern California. Mm-hmm. And then my weekly pay just kept on creeping up and creeping up. And um, that's when I just got like, you know, I found the Bay Area and I was this close to moving back to Florida after doing a travel assignment. Uh, my travel assignments out there, I worked at, um, you know, El Camino. I worked oh. at uh, um, Sutter. I worked at Kaiser. I, I, I worked at a few different places up there. And, um, you know, I noticed that I was getting the things I needed, but now I was getting to the point where it was just like, I had my wife out here. We wanted to get a house. And at the time, travel nurses have difficulty applying for mortgages. And it's a, it's a whole entire ordeal, which I can, I can go in for hours on, but I will spare you the details. So one of the reasons why I decided to take an actual staff position. And as part of the reason why travel nurses have a hard time obtaining a mortgage is because they have inconsistent income mm-hmm. or that, you know, it's just because, uh, you know, travelers oftentimes will take gaps of unemployment so they can go vacation um, they can just take some time off to just like, you know, R&R, you know, um, is that part of the reason? What what exactly is behind it? So, you know, the part of the reason is um, many lenders, even today, they don't understand travel nursing. And uh, one of the biggest problems is you basically you have your actual pay, uh, the money that you're getting in that's going into your bank account yeah. um, is different from the numbers that they want to see. Um, So they go off of your taxable income, but you get a large tax stipend, which is non-taxable. And then when you get to like the lenders themselves, they see that you're making the money. They know that you're making money, but they have to send that up to the underwriter. And then the underwriter, they have these set standard principles that they go by. They have to go by black and white. They could see that you're making the money, but they just don't know how to calculate it. But um, over my time, I've been able to kind of vet different lenders and I've been able to identify certain lenders that are kind of a little bit more familiar with the travel nursing and how it works. Um, so I kind of been able to manage it that way. 
You would think that by now they'd figure it out, right? Like that's an untapped market. There are so many travel nurses out there. (laughs) Yes. And you know, one thing that I I did notice is when the pandemic started and Mm -hmm. travel nursing just started become popping up everywhere, they started paying attention. Who are all these nurses making this money that they keep (laughs) hearing about? So now they want to get the loans. Yeah, right. They're like, now we need to get in on that. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's missed opportunities. Yes, absolutely. Okay. So, um, okay. So run me through the timeline. You went, you started in Florida, right? You were making about $22 an hour. Then you went to Tacoma, Washington as a traveler and you were making about $1,600 a week, right? So you went from like $1,500 a week in Florida to $1,600 a week in Tacoma, Washington. And then you went to Southern California where you took another travel assignment and it took you about three months to get your nursing license for California. Um, and then you started creeping your way up towards Northern California. You said you worked mm-hmm. at El Camino, you worked at Sutter, Kaiser. Uh, any other hospitals? Did you work at Washington Hospital by any chance? I didn't work at Washington Hospitals. And one of the reasons why is, uh, you know, I got my uh, associates. I haven't obtained my bachelor's yet. And I think Washington Hospital is still one of the um, hospitals where you, you have to have a bachelor's. Stanford, you actually do as well. Um, yeah. But I came in as a traveler. And they ended up like, you know, I kind of caught on so well that they really wanted me in the department. So they just brought me in. Um, So basically, I just had to get it within like a few years, depending on like, you know, whatever position I tried to go up to. But um, I just, you know, I went up from there. I I think I got up to like maybe 1800, 1900. And then I think at Stanford, I was at at one point about like 2000 a week. Um, And then I ended up coming on and then like. I left just December of last year to go back to travel nursing. Wow. So uh, at the point that I left, my yearly uh, income got up to about 200000 a year. Wow, that is awesome. At Stanford? At Stanford. Damn. Um, and did you enjoy working at Stanford? I did like working at Stanford. Um, one of the challenges that I had is... Uh, like you've just discussed before, like union hospitals. Yeah. I basically, I was on the bottom of the total pool when it comes to the union. So I was, my seniority was so low that I would never get vacations. Um, I, I never had the time off. They would never get approved because um, with a large apartment, if anybody else that had seniority over me wanted a day off within that week, I just didn't get that approval request. And um, even though I was making this money and I was like managing the department um, at one point, I basically, I still wouldn't be able to get that time off that I wanted and have the time that like, you know, to enjoy it myself. So I was just like, let me just go back into travelers. <laughs> See, that's uh, one of the things again, that I really dislike about unions. Um, I remember, and, and you know what though, it also is, I think management and director dependent, um, about how, how you get your vacations approved. Because at one point me working at Kaiser in an ER, we had a director that would approve everybody's vacations. No questions asked. Yeah. You know, me, I live for my vacations. Like I get, I, I don't know if you saw one of my videos. I work 20 hours a week currently. Um, I work eight hour shifts and I work two days one week, three days the other week. But the way that I am able to manipulate my schedule, I can swap one of my days with a coworker and I get nine days off every other week without even having to use my PTO. Right. And I mean, currently I'm making not much. It's uh, about $2,800 every two weeks on a biweekly period when I don't pick up overtime, mm-hmm. right? And that's working 20 hours a week. Yeah, um, that's, that's but, 
man, at the beginning of the year, I was bringing in like at least $5,000 biweekly mm-hmm. because I would just pick up on the days that I was working. I didn't even have to come in on my days off. I would just pick up. You know? That's awesome. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, okay. So you said right now you have a per diem position. You're no longer at Stanford. Mm-hmm. Um, where is your other job as a traveler? Um, it's at uh, University of Southern California. Cool. Okay. Wait, uh, so how is the Kaiser per diem position also in Southern California? It's in Northern California. How so- are you doing that? <laughs> <laughs> it's not for the week. <laughs> so uh, I basically, um, I, I go back and forth. Uh, so um, I'm, I've been part of the, like, you know, the fire movement, uh, yeah. trying to save up as much as possible. Um, when I, I left uh, my position at Stanford, I went back to traveling. My, uh, my rate was about $7,800 a week. Wow. <laughs> so... <laughs> Wow. <laughs> so this is this is things they don't talk about. Like you no, know, not and, at all. Um and wait, and, let me wait, hold on. Let me process this. You said seventy eight hundred a week? Seventy eight hundred a week. Jeez. And this was um this was kind of like at the, the the towards the end of the pandemic, um starting in January. Yeah. So these were the rates that people were getting. I was working forty eight hours. Um so it's it's a little bit, you know, much for some. You got to push yourself. I've known yeah. some nurses that are doing like the five day a week, six day a week, and they're making upwards to like 10,000 at that time. Um, but I was just like, I was seeing that I, I wanted to make a lot of quick sort of money moves, kind of get, get the ball rolling. Um, I had some financial, you know, aspects that I was working on that I was trying to address as well, because we had our house in Oakland yeah. and um, that me and my wife purchased, uh, I get two additional houses for investment what <laughs> <laughs> okay and, yeah, you're thinking big for sure for I, sure. We, we were just going swinging for the fences yeah. um one of the deals didn't end up going through we were trying to purchase one and uh two new builds actually this one uh the one we're staying in in southern california the one that we're staying the one that other one we were trying to purchase was in arizona and we were gonna Originally, we we're going to attempt to try to start a um, assisted living facility, like a residential assisted living. Um, but since the deal didn't follow through, it kind of like muddied the waters because starting it here in California is a little bit more difficult. Yeah. So we put that on ice at the time, but I needed the income to be able to have the down payment for the two houses and cover the mortgage where I was staying yeah. in um, Oakland, California. Damn, that's rough. So, yeah. <laughs> big deals, big deals. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know yeah. what? You're doing, you're working extra, you know, um, and you're trying to earn more money, not so you can just spend it on lavish vacations. You're trying to invest that money, which is the right way to do it. You know, you don't want to be living yeah. paycheck to paycheck just so you can spend that money on material things that you're no longer going to be able to enjoy later on. You know, at least yes. with you trying to invest in properties, that's that's going to, you're going to reap all of those rewards once you own those properties and you're, you're, you're renting them out or reselling them, whatever the case may be, you know, so it's an awesome way to look at it. You know, if you're going to be working extra hours. Yeah. And, and, and like, you know, I also, I, I, I kind of had the, the fire lit under me. I started with my rich journey. Yeah. Um, actually, Cause I know you, you mentioned that previously, okay. like that's what, that's literally what we started investing yeah. in. It was right at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Um, they had this one challenge where it was just like, you know, you, 
you put in, they're putting in the same amount as you. And then you're just like investing into certain like, you know, funds and stuff like that. And I just started like, you know, just putting the money away instead of like spending it on anything. And so I just kind of like extracting available money to spend on stupid stuff. Yeah. And I guarantee you the 7,800 a week you were earning is more than what the My Rich Journey couple was earning combined. <laughs> yeah. And, and and I try not to even like think about it. Like I would, um, I was getting the 7,800 and then so I would, I kept in my mind the money that I was making yeah. and I wouldn't think about the other money that I was just like just stuffing away, yeah. stuffing away. And uh, was your wife on board with the whole fire movement? Is she... Because I know it's hard to get both both couples on the same path, you know, and the same direction. Yeah, you know, she was the one poking me about it before oh. I even kind of like, you know, she introduced me to it. Wow. You you found the and right one. <laughs> the, the right one. And, um, you know, it, it kind of turned our, our mindset around. And then all of a sudden that that bug that got me into like the learning of like nursing and health and everything like that, I kind of just pivoted it towards financial investing yeah. and I just dug into it. I, I wanted to learn everything about financial markets, um, investing, stocks, real wow. estate. And I just started like consuming whatever I could find. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Do you guys have any any kids by any chance? Uh no kids as of yet. Okay. Um, just okay. uh two, we're we're dog parents. And I like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it makes things so much easier. <laughs> yeah. And when do you plan to retire or reach financial independence? Very soon. Um, I'm I'm setting the the, kind of like the wheels in motion. Um, So, you know, I already established my uh, LLC probably about like two or three years ago. Um, I never utilize it to like, you know, what it could do. I just knew I just needed to have an LLC um, for whatever I decided to do. And I decided to just like keep the name general. So whatever the direction that I started to do my business, I can go ahead and, you know, drive into that. And then all of a sudden kind of just a light hit me where it's just like, why not do something in healthcare? Um, so I want to try to have a job away from the, uh, bedside, but still doing something in health to some capacity. Um, so one of the ventures that I wanted to, uh, kind of go into is just, uh, health coaching. Um, and then basically just guiding patients, getting out of the hospital or people just looking to improve their lives. And, um, it's something that I can utilize, um, as a personal business, but at the same time, be able to work just to kind of cover bills and stuff like that. Um, which is why I took the per diem position. I wanted to set myself up where I can make a decent amount of income, work as little or as much as I wanted to, uh, but still be able to have a business where I can kind of like slowly transition from working into um, doing something on my own. Um, But at the same time, now that all the information I've been learning on utilizing the tax code and, um, you know, depreciation and expensing and stuff like that with bookkeeping and accounting, I can decrease my taxable income and kind of just like use the the two to kind of feed off of each other. Yeah. And um, I think that's the greatest thing about being a business owner is being able to use all of those tax benefits to your advantage. Uh, I know when I first started this, you know, nurses to riches business, all of the equipment that I started purchasing for the YouTube channel, you know, you can literally like write all of that off. It's and, all deductible. You know, my laptop, my lighting equipment, my camera, all of that is tax deductible. 
You know, if you go on a trip that's related to your business or is, is for business purposes, you can write all of that off too. Yeah. And a lot of people don't realize that, oh, you know, we came back from the Cayman Islands and we actually met a couple that had started a business in 2008. They started a restaurant in the Bronx in New York and it was a minority couple. They started telling me all of this and I was like really intrigued. They told me they were both chefs. The husband does decorative fruits and platters and stuff like that. The wife cooks. And they then switched from a restaurant to a catering business because they realized maybe if we're catering, we can make more sales because we can cater to all types of venues. And then they realized that was too much legwork. So they opened up a large venue and now they do like weddings and, uh, you know, any birthday parties and sweet 16s, all those types of things. But then they realized, okay, maybe this is too much work also. So now what they do is they have an entire warehouse full of party supplies and they'll rent them out to people that are hosting events. Um, so while we were on vacation, my, my daughter, who's who was 15, she's going to be 16 this week, got along so well with their daughter, who's like 14 going on 15. And their daughter asked her parents if they could extend their vacation because she got along so well with my daughter. And they were like, no, you don't even have to ask us twice. They literally canceled their flights. They wow. went to the customer service counter at the um, hotel and they told them that they wanted to extend their stay. They didn't even question it. That's where I want to be in my life. I want to be able yeah. to say, you know what? We're going to stay here another couple of days. Let's just cancel all of our plans. And, That's beautiful. Yeah, right? But I, I give it up to people who work so hard because I remember the, the wife told me there was a point in their lives when they first started their business where they would stay up to like two, three o'clock in the morning and she would literally stretch out chairs to lay on so she could sleep in the restaurant because going home meant that they would have to drive 30 minutes to an hour away sleep for like two or three hours to then do it again the next day. She was like, that's the, it just didn't make sense to her. So she would just sleep in the restaurant. And, you know, that's kind of like the struggle you have to go through and the challenges to get to success in life. And not many people yeah. are willing to do that. Yeah, it's so true. And, and it's just like, you know, it's, if, if it's too easy, then you might be doing something wrong. Like, especially <laughs> if you, if, if you got to where you need to be, then like, you know, I'll, whatever you do, what you got to do. But if you're, if you're still not where you need to be, you might need to struggle a little bit more. And that's what, like, you know, I, I often kind of tell people. So it's just like, you know what, even what I'm doing right now is it's not easy, but it's getting easier. Yeah. Um, once you start seeing like, the seeds that you planted is starting to bear fruit. Yeah. And, um, and, and it just kind of gives you motivation to just kind of push a little bit further. It's just like, you know, what else can I get? What else can I do? Like, you know, yeah. So what is your, um, net worth goal before you can say to yourself that we've reached financial independence where we can retire early? You know, I look at very practical numbers. Um, I, I, I look at the fact that, you know, we're, there's a good chance we're not going to have social security when yeah. we retire. Um, you can't depend on 401ks. Some people lost 50% in their 401ks uh, during the pandemic alone. And I mean, it's it like stocks will rebound, markets will rebound, but like some people, if they were close to retirement, that, that could put them in a very tough situation. Um, so I, I basically, I have it set to a way where it's like, I, I don't have a specific limit, mm -hmm. but I do have minimums. Yeah. I want to at least be able to have enough to live comfortably every year for the rest of my life. And then, so that's why I'm putting forward like investments and, um, taking steps so that way I can like maintain a better income 
in retirement than I have when I was working. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're looking at a, like at least a monthly income um, that will be able to replace your current income. Yeah, at the minute, which at is minute. like, you know, so right now between me and my wife, I would say if I were to average it out, we would probably bring in about 12000 after taxes a month. A month. Yeah, that's, dude, that's pretty good, man. That's pretty good. <laughs> and that's with you working how many hours currently? Um, so right now I'm working about, uh, between the two jobs, about 48. Um, I was doing consistent 48 with the travel nursing, but I stopped doing the 48 a weeks and I'm doing a 36 hour a week travel assignment with the per diem on the side. And then, so it's just like, you know, between the two. And a lot of people tell me that the traveler rates have gone down. Is that true? They have gone down. Um, and, and, in a very sharp way, <laughs> which is one of the reasons I ended up going for it. You're, you're telling me you're not getting 7,800. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I that check was looking real nice. Yeah, <laughs> I bet. I bet. And you then, know what? I think I got to get, you're on our discord channel. I think I need to get Lambo on this, yeah. on one of these calls. Yeah. I, I messaged him. Yeah. Like, $20,000 a pay period, you know, on average. Yeah. Was, I, I think last year he made like 500K or something like that. Um, yeah. And he does it without like travel nursing. Like, yeah. I think I think he does like, you know, a little bit of travel nursing, but he does his per diems and stuff like yeah. that. I know he's working at and Tesla now. I, yeah. He's at Tesla now. He's go getter. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he's right. Finding this, I never would have knew there was a nursing position at Tesla. If somebody yeah. didn't like find out, like, let me see if I could do a nursing at Tesla. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> like I knew um, Netflix was hiring nurses, but only what? because of a form- yeah, Netflix, only because a former coworker from New York asked me if I was willing to accept that job in LA. Then I wasn't going to move from Sacramento to LA for a Netflix job. You know, it's, it's a lot harder also when you have kids, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. And um, and I think I'm pretty comfortable where I'm where I'm at right now because I only work 20 hours a week. It's pretty hard to get something like that anywhere else. So can you break down exactly where your current network is? Like what what does that consist of? Like what kind of investment uh, or expenses or assets do you own? All right, yeah. So I'll I'll start with like currently debt. We've been decreasing. Um, I've I've been like just slowly just trying to knock down debt while trying to increase my uh, cash reserves. And then also like investments. Um, I started out just having money sitting in the bank, uh, which, you know, it, they, they have a, a funny anecdote where they explain it. It's basically, it's just like, if you own point, if you get 0.0001% interest or whatever the average is for what you currently get for leaving your money in a savings account, you basically double your money in 2,400 years. Yeah. And, and when I heard that, it's just like, you know, it just kind of sparked that idea. So I was just like, I need to start investing, getting my money moving somewhere. Um, so I, I started out first with uh, my home uh, in Oakland, which first we were renting. Uh, we ended up purchasing get a home, half the house for about, um, uh, it was listed for $5.99, as you know, in California. Dude, that's <laughs> a great real. deal, actually. That is that's, a great that's deal. What was, that's what it was listed for. <laughs> yeah, okay. Ended up ended up bidding war up to about, uh, I think it was six seventy. Oh man, that's like almost a hundred k. That's a hundred k above listing price. Yeah, way above <laughs> listing price. And then when I found out this is the normal thing, especially in the Bay Area, 
they put these houses at a lower amount. So it's just like, you see all these houses, they're $4.99, $5.99. And then I used to look at these and they were just like, why don't more people own houses out here? And then when I found out, it was just like, no, that's a teaser price, the way that a real estate agent explained it. <laughs> that's just to get the people in. Once oh, they, they want the a home, bidding war, for sure. It, it's just a bidding war. Yeah. So I get, ended up getting the house like, oh my God, 670000 Most yeah. biggest expense that I, I've ever had. Uh, fast forward to, you know, I just sold a house um, from, I think it was like, it was just over two years that I had it. So for 900,000. Wow. And, and this, what? This is just over a month ago. So this is wow. when everybody's saying like, you know, oh, the housing crash and this is, yeah. you know, it's, it's not crashing. Oh man. <laughs> it's, it's you know what? Actually. Yeah. So for people that know the area, they're probably looking at it and they're like, damn, we got a good deal on this house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, they're thinking the same thing. But for me, yeah. it was, it was a hundred year old house. Yeah. Built in the 1920s. Um, so going with that, it's just like you're going to have repairs from the 1920s. A hundred-year-old house with probably lead paint on it. Yep. Asbestos in the ceiling, all that yeah. stuff. And, and 900000 Wow. Um, so, you know, we at the time, before I even sold it, I we were already building um, the house that we have here now. Um, so this house is, we got it for about 813 thousand and then um the value has already increased probably about like maybe nine hundred and fifty thousand yeah 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 we just got in in uh, january um we also have um we were trying to purchase at the same time while we were building this house we were trying to build the house in arizona that one was only like three hundred and twelve thousand and then with the equity from the time that it was finished being built it would have been 420,000, but, um, we had some issues that happened with like the paperwork and then the deal didn't go through. Luckily it happened on that house and not this one. Oh, so now you have this house in Southern California that you own, right? Mm -hmm. And, um, are you looking at any other investment properties at the moment? Yeah, I'm actually looking pretty heavily. Um, so, you know, we already had the money that we saved up. Um, and then I had money that I put out into the market. Uh, and when I started investing, probably like right at when the pandemic started and I was just going into everything. But the funny thing is just like a lot of people that started there, it's like you could have just thrown your money into anything and made money. Um, so I was investing in like anything you could think of. And like I didn't really like learn the foundations before I just started doing it. So I was just put I, I was. I was following about 25 different companies and investing in 25 different companies at the same time and having the research information on this company, that company, Tesla, uh, Apple, Google, Palantir, uh, BioNanoGenomics, anything yeah. you could think of that like was hot at the moment. And I, I actually did decent. Um, I made a decent amount like, you know, off of what I had invested um, aside from like the staples that I put in as far as the, uh, you know, the total stock market, um, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the ones that they were doing on my rich journey, um, like, oh, you know, yeah. those basic index funds and REITs. Um, uh, but I was getting it. Then I started learning stock options. Then I started doing call options and I started doing puts. Um, so I was able to culminate for probably that year during the pandemic, probably about like a gain of 25,000. Yeah. Wow. And that's after taxes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was after taxes. 
Um, and then I, I like the losses, you could actually claim some of your losses, uh, which are deductible. So any of the losses that I had, I decreased it against like, you know, you know, my taxable income. Yeah. Um, and then when I, I ended up selling at the height of the market right before everything crashing, because mm-hmm. I had the two real estate deals. So I needed to get like the funds out of everything that I had invested in. So it was killing me because I was just like, man, you know, these, these stocks are rising and everything like that. I sold everything. And literally two weeks after everything just started crashing. Yeah. And it was the, I got, I got lucky. I got incredibly lucky. You know, everybody says don't time the market. And I see why, because there's no way I could have planned that out. Um, but I, I took that into account. And um, so I, you know, I was able to take that money. I, I, I put it to the side to be able to, to put down these two houses. Unfortunately, the one deal didn't go through us. So I still had that money saved up. Um, I put whatever I need to for the down payment for this house. So now our next goal is to get a multifamily. Unit. Um, so we want to get something at least uh, like three to four units, uh, triplex, quadruplex. Um, and my goal would either be to rent it out if it's in a um, in an area that I'm going to get like you know a good amount of cash flow, mm-hmm. or uh, to do Airbnb. Um, but it's got to be in an area that's it's going to be like you know profitable or ideal for Airbnb. Um, the other option would be to live in the property and then have the other properties basically pay for my living expenses. So that way, everything I get, I can just save and then put towards the next investment. That's a Graham Stephan move right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, w- I watch a little bit of that too. Yeah. Yeah. And um, what kind of car do you currently drive? Um, so that's another interesting story. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I got, I got an Acura RDX um, at the okay. beginning of the pandemic, probably about like, you know, as soon as I heard on the news that they were dropping interest rates, I ran to the dealership, you know, <laughs> when, when my car was giving me issues, I had this on the court. So I, I got my, my, uh, my Acura and, um, you know, I, I, I ran some miles on it. I used yeah. it during that time. So when up until the point where I was about to sell it, I was watching the car market and, you know, the cars were inflated, um, just due to the supply shortage and inflation because yeah. of that, the value of cars, used cars went up to the yes. point that they were about the cost of a brand new car. But they were still in higher demand. So um, when I started here following the news, I was following real closely and they were just like, okay, the car crash is about to happen. I went to the dealership where I purchased my car and I sold it back for about $2,000 less than what I purchased it for. For like uh, two and a half years. Wow. Um, so it's, it, I kind of made money on it and then I ended up, um, I wanted to decrease my debt. So what I did is I got into, it's not a lease, but it's a subscription service. Mm-hmm. So it's a subscription service for Tesla, which is with this oh. uh, new company that they have. And they, yeah. they only started in California, but they're going to branch out to the other cities. Mm-hmm. And then, so it's a way for you to just like subscribe to a Tesla. Um, so I got a uh, Tesla model three and you only pay like 490 a month after the initiation fee. Um, and then after that, you can hold it as long as you want. So you don't have a limit of like three years, like a traditional lease. I see. Um, I was never a fan of doing leasing before. I was just like, oh, you have to own the car. You have to own the car. You know, the whole yeah. Dave Ramsey mindset and everything yeah. like that. But, you know, the thing that I looked at it as far as like 
more in the immediate term. If I have like, let's say the same Tesla on my debt to income ratio, and I want to get into an investment property, they're going to see, oh, you have this $50,000 loan, you know, that you have, and even though it's for my vehicle, um, they, they see that, that I sense. have, I structured it in a way where the amount that I'm paying is the same amount that I was paying for my car payment when I had the Acura, but I no longer have that car payment. I have no car loan yeah. on my, uh, on my debt. It, it makes sense, you know, if you're looking to purchase investment properties because they're not looking at a $50,000 loan on your credit report anymore yeah. because, you know, you don't you're not financing a car. So that that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I, I did it with a specific purpose. If if I would go back if and I didn't have like, you know, a deal that I was going for, I probably would have just purchased a car and then just kind of made payments. But because I have those specific goals, that's one of the reasons that I'm going to do it. Gotcha. And do you know what your monthly budget is, how much you're spending on a monthly basis and how much you have left over after all of your expenses are paid? Um, so I would say uh, my monthly budget, it's gone down since I sold a house because I was basically paying, I was paying the mortgage for two houses in California at the same time. So my one mortgage was 4,000 a month. Okay. My new mortgage was 4,700 a month. The new one, so the one that, that you currently is- have, right? Yeah, so nine hundred thousand dollar house, nine hundred thousand dollar house. Um, so I was paying the two at at one time wow. uh, on top of my expenses. Uh, so it was a little bit of a stretch. It's just one of the reasons why you know I did the travel nursing yes. as well. Yes. Um, but now I just have the house, which is forty seven hundred a month. That must have been a um, relief when you knocked that other one down. <laughs> it was. It was. You know, I had a full head of hair before that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was difficult, but now that I got it off my hands, it's mm-hmm. such like, you know, I can kind of just like breathe a little bit. Yeah. Um, it, I was I was still able to cover everything. I wasn't going into the negatives and stuff like that, but it's just like money I could have been investing or putting some. Yeah. Um, so now that's off my hands. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing with new houses, or at least in the area that we were, you had to get solar panels, which mm-hmm. was, I was a little bit apprehensive towards. So it was like... Um, you know, basically it has to come with the house. Yeah. So now I have no electric bill. Oh, like yeah. it's like negative. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, other than that, you know, water expenses, um, you know, a few other maybe trash and stuff like that. I probably maybe come out to, I want to say like 6,000 a month. Yeah. So you still have 6,000 left over at the end of the month to invest or save whatever the case may be. That's pretty good. Yeah. So, you know, we're just, we're hunkering down and, and we're getting ready because, you know, I got burnt during the last recession yeah. and I told myself like this time around, I'm going to make full utilization of it. Yeah. You know, I agree with being burnt out, man. That's why I reduced my hours to 20 a week because I was picking up so many hours before, well, at the height of the pandemic, really um, just me and Monica, we were working a lot of hours at the end. You know what, when the pandemic first reached us, we had no savings in our bank account. It was scary. There was, and I don't know if you were working at Stanford at the time, but there were employees at Stanford that got their pay cut by 20% for I think a couple of weeks or so. But that, I can't even imagine something like that happening to us. Or like there was some employees across the country that were getting laid off. And I, I just mm-hmm. couldn't see that happening to us because if it did, we would not know what to do. I mean, we had, we were spending about, at the time we had a Volvo that had a $1,200 a monthly payment on it 
we had this house, which is about $4,000 a month. We also had um, like some student loans that we had to pay. And we had a, uh, a loan that we ended up getting so we can purchase this house, so we can use as a down payment for this house. And that was about $70,000, you know? So when COVID first hit and they weren't even giving us overtime initially and all of this was going on, we, you know, Monica and I, we, we sat down together and we were like, you know what, we need to do something about this. Once they start offering overtime, we need to start picking up a lot of overtime. And that's why um, within that one year, we paid like $128,000 of debt and cleared it all out. Um, so now we have the only debt we do have is just our mortgage payment. But man, was it, it was such a relief to not have any more monthly payments to a creditor or, an, or another agency that I didn't want to give my money to anymore, you know? That's so, amazing. Yeah. Not and a dude, lot of that, people can yeah. cover that much, like, you know, clear that much debt in a short amount of time. And it takes a lot of like, it takes a lot of discipline to do something like that. that so that's pretty cool. Well, you know, I'm, and at the time, I, I think COVID kind of helped out because we, there was no way we could travel. And Monica, is, she loves traveling. And she knew, well, we can't travel now. I might as well work. <laughs> so that's what yeah. she did. She picks up a lot of hours, man. She picks up so many more hours than I do. But she does enjoy what she does, you know, what she does and where she works. She, she's a telemetry room, room nurse, you know, so okay. she really enjoys it. That's what I did um, when I first became a nurse. I was a telemetry room nurse. But okay. um, now I've been ER for about 10 years now. So, um, you know, I've got I did get to the point, though, where I'm like, maybe I'm done with the ER. Maybe that's just enough. I think I should move somewhere else. But hopefully the trajectory that this nurses to riches thing is going on, maybe me leaving, uh, you know, the ER will come sooner rather than later. Um, we'll see, though. I don't know where I'm going to go. Probably the PACU after this. Yeah, yeah, PACU, uh, cath lab. Yeah. It'd be cool if I could do a non-bedside related specialty, but I don't know, man. A lot of those are usually like nine to fives, and I'm not about that nine to five life. <laughs> yeah, it's very different because that's what I was doing at Stanford. I basically, when I, it's it was the trade-off of going away from the bedside. You basically, you transition to 40 hours. It wasn't necessarily a specific nine to five. I was like, sometimes the schedule would just mix around because it was a 24 hour operation. Um, but you basically, you got a larger chunk of your time is taken away from the feelings that you have now towards your career. Are they any different than they were pre COVID? Yeah, it definitely has evolved a lot. And part of that is because I decided to kind of step out of my comfort zone and, and go to, to other areas is that you don't have to stay where you are. Um, you, you don't have to stay like, you know, it doesn't matter what department you started in. Even if you were in, in, in inpatient rehab, med surge, it doesn't matter. It's You can always try to just like put your toe in the water or something else and see if it works. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I love nursing. I love helping people. Um, but I deserve to have, you know, a, a life where I can enjoy my retirement and not have to wait until I'm, you know, 60, 70 years old. So, you know, that's one of the things I started looking at now. Some of these nurses, it seems like they're going to retire at the bedside. And I, I, I can't have that. And I don't see it like in my trajectory. Yeah. I have um, people often ask me, Hey, what's the pension look like at Kaiser? Or um, when I reach retirement, do you think I'm going to get this much in social security? And I'm always telling them, you know, if your plan is to rely on a pension or social security, then you might have some trouble ahead of you in your future because 
I've been laid off twice, right, from previous jobs. This was before I became a nurse, but being laid off twice before put me in a mindset that I should never rely on an employer to provide me with future income, you know, because you never know what's going to happen in the future. So it's always, I always tell myself, it's up to me. I got to make the investments in my future now and not let that be in the control of my employer. You know, I don't know how these people are willing to wait, you know, uh, till they're 59 and a half or 65 years old before they can retire. Uh, yeah. and, and, and hopefully live off of their pension and social, social security and, you know, possibly 401ks. Me, I, I want to have investment income that I can live off of, you know, businesses or uh, real estate, whatever the case may be. But it has to be something that I'm in control of, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the key. Yeah. So do you have any advice for anybody who's wanting to get into nursing today? Don't think twice about it. Uh, if you If you really want to do it, just just start doing it. I had to do the prerequisites before I could even get in the program. So, you know, before I did, I was, I probably went like a good 10 years, you know, out in the workforce, laid off several times, working in different, you know, positions where ranging from sales to real estate, things like that. And, um, you know, I, I was terrified of science and, and like I got into anatomy and physiology and I fell in love with it. When you're first starting out in nursing is probably the easiest time to kind of transition and go to where you want to go. Uh, don't listen to the nurses that tell you you got to start in med surge and you got to stay there for three years before you can do. Go wherever you want to go. You want to go into ICU, go into ICU. Try out ER. Try out cath lab um, if you get the opportunity because it's very sparse where you get those doors of opportunity. Because, you know, one reality that you probably know is just like, Hospitals don't really like to cross train as much as you might think they do. Yeah. They want to hire ER nurses for ER positions. They want to hire ICU nurses for ICU positions. So if you get the chance to just, just do it. Yeah, I agree. Cool. Well, Irve, this was a great talk with you. I am so glad you managed to get on this call with me. Yeah, you me know, um, not many people know, I didn't even know you were Amand E <laughs> yeah. when you put in this request for the appointment. Um, but dude, I'm so glad you managed to get on this call with me. And um, for those of you that are not on Discord, you should get on Discord because we're always having some really cool in and interesting conversations on there. All right. So, Irve, I'm going to end this call and I'll talk to you on Discord. All right, guys, that's it for this episode. And I hope you enjoyed this video. And if you did, make sure you hit the like button, subscribe to this channel and follow us for more.